technical difficulties. <laughs> All right. Well, I want you to understand something this morning as we come into this message. I, I want you to understand that baptism matters to Jesus. Baptism, it matters to Jesus. And things that matter to Jesus should matter to us. They should matter to you. And as much and as, as surely as I know anything, I know this. Jesus wants for you to be baptized. Now, Jesus is certainly our example around baptism. And if you have your Bibles, you might follow along. I want us to take a look at a passage from Matthew, uh, chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 13, the baptism of Jesus. It says in our text that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized. When I tell you that baptism is important to Jesus, one of the things that I want you to understand is that he walked a long way to do it. <laughs> it was important to him. Now, I wonder if I said, uh, I wonder what it would take for you to, to, to go on a walk of, that may have been as much as 70 miles. And if he walked there and he walked back, that might be a, a journey of 140 miles. So what would it take to you to walk 140 miles? If I said I'd give you $100, would you walk 140 miles? I actually had one kid last and said, sure, I'd do that. I thought, man, that's a lot of walking for 100 bucks. It was something important. It was important. Baptism is important to Jesus. And so he walked a great distance uh, to be baptized. Now, there's an interesting thing that happens in this text. After Jesus has walked all this way to John, his cousin, John the baptizer, it says that when he gets there... John tried to deter him. Now, you have to just picture the scene here. Here's a person who's known for one thing. John is known as the Baptist, right? He's known as the baptizer. Uh, that's his thing. And when Jesus is there, he's immediately, the one thing he's good at, right? You had one job, John. Your job's to baptize. And when Jesus gets there, he's like, no, 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 no. I don't think I can baptize you. It's kind of ironic, now, what happens next is informative because it says that John deter, tries to deter him. He, he doesn't want Jesus to, to let him baptize him. He says, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. Do you come to me? But Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this. Baptism is the proper thing to do, Jesus said. In fact, he goes on to say, it is to fulfill all righteousness. If anyone didn't, if one of the things baptism is associated with is the forgiveness of sins, if anyone did not need to be baptized, it was Jesus, because he was, though tempted in every way, Jesus never sinned. And so his baptism would not have been just for the forgiveness of his sins. He, he didn't need that forgiveness of sins. He was sinless. And yet Jesus still said, this is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Now, here's the difference, right? If it was right for Jesus, it's right for us. Because unlike Jesus, we can't say that we're sinless. If it's right for Jesus, it's the right thing for us as well. But I'd say everything's falling apart up here today. My glasses just broke. What is it? The devil does not want you to hear the sermon today. Here we go. Well... Jesus says, let, let this happen. 
Let it be so, because it's proper to fulfill righteousness. So then John consented. Now I want you to take note of what happens next in the story. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. That's important. I'm not going to belabor this, but just know that Jesus was fully immersed. He went under the water. He came up out of the water. That's important for some uh, to understand. After he came up out of the water, at that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I want to gather a second truth from the story. Baptism pleases God. It pleases God. It's, it's important to Jesus and it pleases God when we're faithful. It pleased God that Jesus did this thing. Now, do you understand and believe that, I, as I do, that Jesus came to set a pattern and an example of way of being for you and I to follow? And that we are to follow his pattern, to follow his example. And this was something that was important uh, that Jesus was about. And here he, he's been baptized to make sure we see a pattern, a model. It's the same as when we see him washing the disciples' feet. It's a sacred, holy moment. And, and Jesus sets an example for how we should serve one another in love. Here Jesus sets an example. Baptism matters. It's important. Not only that... God confirms this by speaking from heaven himself. This pleases me. I'm pleased that you did this, Jesus. The Bible continues to make the case for the importance of baptism in, in passage and, and stories throughout the Bible. We see, of course, that as, as time moves forward, that Jesus will once again say to his disciples before he ascends into heaven, this thing, this baptism is important. We can turn to the end of this book of Matthew. and We read in Matthew chapter 28, uh, beginning in verse uh, 18, these words. It says that this is the end of his, of his life. Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Isn't it something that, that when Jesus gets to the end and he paraphrases down what he wants his disciples to be about, baptism is at the very heart of what he calls them to do. I want you to go into the whole world and I want you to baptize it's missional, it's important, it's the very center of what Jesus wants them to do, to be about. Understand this, Jesus knows everything that's ever been. He has full knowledge of things that will come or the possibilities of what can come. And speaking to his disciples, he says something to them that's timeless. It's important. This thing that you do, go, be evangelistic, share the message with everybody. Make disciples. In the same way Jesus said, I made disciples out of you. I came alongside of you. I walked with you. I modeled behavior for you. I, I showed you how to deal with problems. In the same way you go make disciples now. You help other people learn to, to follow me like you learned to follow me. And make sure that you baptize 
that you baptized them. Just as I believe Jesus made sure the disciples were baptized based on a passage from John chapter 3, verses 22. Baptism was something that Jesus commanded, that he taught. And if Jesus commanded it and he taught it, then we should probably not ignore his teaching, but be faithful to understand it. And so it would become at the very heart of the Christian message that baptism needs to happen. We see this on full display 10 days later. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and the disciples have waited in Jerusalem for about 10 days for the thing that God is about to do. God sends the Holy Spirit. It appears as tongues of fire. It's a great story from the book of Acts. You'll have to read the whole passage about the day of Pentecost. But filled with God's Spirit... The disciples that have been hiding out for fear, uh, that, because why are they afraid? Because just, just 50 days ago, they killed Jesus. And so they've been afraid. And they've had very few public exposure kinds of moments where they've been out in public. But now, after 50 days, after they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they immediately go into the streets and they begin to preach, all of them. Not just Peter, but all of them. But Peter clearly becomes kind of the leader that day. And his message is certainly the one that we have recorded for us in Acts. As Peter is preaching on the corners to the people that are passing by to to thousands of people, his message is this. He says, we pick it up in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. And be baptized. You know, it's interesting to me because we can know what we're supposed to do, but, but actually doing it is another matter, right? Oftentimes I know the thing I'm supposed to do, but doing it is oftentimes something that we put off or we wait for. I remember very early in my ministry, about 30 years ago, which tells you I've been doing this for a while now, I had a chance to baptize a man and a woman, an elderly man and woman, uh, and it was kind of an interesting couple, and I, I won't name their names, but it was interesting in this is that it was like that story of uh, of, of the, the one who could eat no fat and the one who could eat no lean. This was a mismatched couple, one very large, one incredibly small. That's the first striking thing because it was probably the largest person I ever baptized. And we did get this person baptized. It was important. But having said that in the story, they were both older people and uh, both of them uh, had health problems. One of them was close to death from congestive heart failure. And they had put off this thing of baptism well into the late part of life. And facing the prospect of death, they had been talking about, you know, that we need to do this thing. We've put this off for a long, long time. And so they kind of came to this moment together where the thing they really knew they should have done a long time ago, they decided it was time to finally do it. And they came to the church, and they met with, with Bill Weaver, and the minister at the time, and myself, and we talked together, and, 
And we said, yeah, we need to baptize you. What I want to tell you about that story that's so profound is that when we lifted the husband up out of the water, his first words were, this is amazing. I don't know why I waited so long. (laughs) Never forget that. I did the funeral for the wife first and then the husband just a few years later. It brought me great peace and it brought their family great peace to know that even if they had put it off for far too long, they were right with God at the end of their lives. I don't know why we put things off, but sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. The point that I want you to get is if you've been putting it off, today is the day of salvation. Let this be the day they make that decision. I worked with another young man for a long time. He, he was one of those people who he knew that he was supposed to do this when he was young. And, and there's a statistic that tells us that if we don't get baptized by the time we're about 18, a lot of people will wait a long time to get baptized. And that's one of the reasons that our youth ministry is so vital and important for young people to get engaged and make commitments to God when they're young. For many reasons, not just so they'll be baptized and immersed, but because you want to have the Holy Spirit to help you through life. Life is hard. You don't want to go through life without the blessing of God and and the gifts of God. Anyway, this young man, he knew what he needed to do. He was convinced he needed to do it. But he, he, for whatever reason, just said, not today, not today. (laughs) It was like Agrippa. And he just kept saying, almost I'm there, but I'm not there today. Well, I'm happy to tell you that one day, totally out of the blue, this young man just shows up at my office. And he walks in the door, and I see him, and I, I kind of knew what it was as soon as I saw him. He goes, well, today's the day. Now, it just happened. It was like 2.30 in the afternoon. I was supposed to go get my son from school at 3 o'clock. I still baptized him anyway. I don't know what happened to my kid. He got home somehow. Today's the day. Baptism matters. It's important. If it's something that you've been putting off, it's something that you haven't done, you need to do this thing. Because baptism matters to Jesus. And what matters to Jesus should matter to us. This was the sermon that Peter preached, and he preached it with passion. It's a sermon that Philip will preach in Acts chapter 8 when he comes across the Ethiopian eunuch. It's the sermon that Paul will preach when he is freed from his chains in the prison and he baptizes the jailer. It's the sermon that Peter will preach and he will baptize Cornelius and his household. In Acts chapter 16, it's the sermon that Paul and Silas preach when they baptize Lydia. This is their story. Baptism matters. It was Peter's message to the end of his days. Baptism and obedience and following Jesus is important. I like that Peter ends his sermon with an impassioned call. It tells us that with many other words, he warned the people. He pleaded with them. We know that more than 3,000 people will accept his message on that day. But as we come to the end of this message on baptism, I want to conclude it the same way that Peter concluded his. 
Peter's words to the people on the day of Pentecost are the words of Jesus to you today. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. If you've never made a decision for Jesus, let today be the day. Make your decision by coming forward as we stand and we sing our hymn of invitation.